0: Head with a short the government the government love, the government love the government love, the government love the
1: government, love the government love the Welcome to the Politics Guys, a place for bipartisan, rational, and civil debate on American politics and policy. I'm Trey Orndorff, a political scientist at Oklahoma Christian University. And I'm joined by the Ohio area attorney, Jay Carson. Jay, welcome to the right wing takeover of the politics guys.
0: Yeah, thanks, Trey. Good, good to be here. Um, yeah, we can we can have all, get in all kinds of trouble while Mike's gone this week.
1: <laughs> exactly. Um, he he can't although, he can't keep us in check.
0: May 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 be disappointed that uh, again, I and mean, this is something we'll talk about is is what is the right anymore?
1: Um, you know, but um, uh, it's everything. Uh, it's nothing. Yeah. It's. <laughs> No, and that's a fair question. But now, never fear. I do want to say for those who are wondering, Ed, so this week, Jay and I are taking over the show in kind of a special edition of The Right's. Uh, being together, but next week, if that works your I mean, just
0: just so because some leftists when we when we say taking over, some people again assume insurrection. Mike's fine. Mm.
1: Uh, <laughs> that's, well, that's right. The last <laughs> time we did this, there was exactly. a possibility yeah. he was in the basement, right? Like we we, we, <laughs> we did that for a few weeks. Yeah, he just he just, just, just got the, uh, the weekend <laughs> off. So yeah,
0: there's uh, it's it's not. It's not, not it's permanent. A it's, not a, it's not
1: a Yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to it's going to be a rotation of power. Next week Mike and Ken, <laughs> they're going to they're going to come in and they're going to give their very wrong left-wing views and uh and and they can get together about how the Supreme Court is corrupt uh and <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh in all seriousness, yeah. So we got this week you and myself and next week we got Mike and Ken and I and I hope listeners that you uh, find our little bit of a switch up on what we do a lot of fun. And Jay, it's, I'm looking forward to doing the show with you because we don't get to do that often, so. Yep. Well, I mean, I think maybe it's kind of apropos that we take over this particular week because, of course, the the, the Democratic primary in New Hampshire, what didn't exist, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't delegate any votes. And, and, and you know, we'll let, we'll let Mike and Ken sort out whether they agree or disagree with uh, 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 Biden's push for that. But instead, I thought we would really focus on New Hampshire on the Republican side, because that's where delegates were coming uh, and a lot of things were going on. And, and so for listeners, if you mean, I'm assuming if you listen to the show, you've probably looked at some of this, but it's it's worth having a little bit of a recap. Uh, Donald Trump wins with 176,000 votes, which accounts for about 54.3% of the total and nets him 12 delegates. Meanwhile, Nikki Haley, the last remaining contender in the Republican primary, against former President Donald Trump, received 140 and 96 votes, which accounts for 43.2%. And that delegate uh, gets her about nine, not about, that gets her nine delegates. Now, I am a Haley fan. I, I, you know, I don't know about you on that front, Jay, so I'll ask you that in just a second. But that was a disappointing outing, of course. Uh, Haley, when you take a look at those numbers, right, she's most effective with independence, but she loses three-fourths of Republicans. And that's just not a good sign, you know, in a, in a primary season, right? Uh, and then although technically Nevada comes next, you know, that's not on, that's not, it's a caucus, it's not going to uh, get any delegates. And so really the next contest is her home state in South Carolina, but that's not until we finish out February. It is, it is a ways in the future. So uh, Jay, we're in a weird position because when you look at the polling data, and I, I spent a lot of time Taking a look at this, most voters in both parties, they don't want Trump or Biden. As a matter of fact, when you poll them nationally, this past week, CBS News found that Haley is up eight points over Biden nationally and above Trump, and well over the margin of error of 2%. While those two individuals, Trump and Biden, they're still polling in that poll in a neck and te- neck, in other words, inside the margin of error, tie. So a statistical tie. And, and if you look at the details, you can see why. She pulls more voters with college degrees, more moderate Republicans, independents, women, and, and she even picks up some Democrats. So, of course, the other interesting thing about New Hampshire is the number of ballots clocked. If you, if you add up the votes I was talking about there a second ago, that gets us to 300,000 Ballots. That's the most for any New Hampshire presidential primary, even for a state known for pretty high turnout. So, for a point of reference, right? There's only 1.3 million people who live in New Hampshire, and 300,000 of them showed up for a primary. So, so Ken, you know, again, I think Haley should continue to move forward, if for no other reason than to protest this stupid model of just having a couple of states go early and then pretend that that's how this works which is if, if listeners might remember that's what Obama did to Hillary and it worked out pretty well for him although I don't think unfortunately the Nikki Haley is going to be an Obama what's your take on some of that and I'm just curious too you know republican to republican I, I was a Haley fan where were you
0: so I, I am a, a Haley fan again I'm I uh, I take care uh, on the show not to officially in, endorse candidates because that's not that's that's not my job right um uh, but no, I, I think uh, I, I think I've been on record plenty of times saying you know Trump is an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and Nick, Nikki Haley uh, represents more of the traditional Republican Party uh, that I grew up with, uh, and and that is is becoming a, a more and more apparently rare animal. So a couple of things on the the on how she did. On the one hand, um, you could you could look at the result and say, well, yeah, she got her clock cleaned, uh, and that would be entirely true. Um, second, you could say she actually sort of overperformed. Uh, I think she did better than a lot of people thought, better than I thought she would. I thought she'd finish in the mid-30s. Um, but then you go back to the the point of, yes, but she she absolutely got her clock cleaned, right? Um, <laughs> but in terms know, of delegates, sort of, though, sort of, of course, like right? you say, it's
1: 12-9, right? I mean, in terms of delegates, it's 12-9. It's not like she got cleaned in the sense, as you're noting, that, like, I mean, it's just a few delegates away.
0: Yeah, but but uh, one, it, it's it's more what what do those numbers um, portend? Yeah, uh, and I think there's there's a couple other things going on. You mentioned the high turnout. Um, New Hampshire is a uh, sort of semi-open primary, right, um, where you can essentially declare uh, your your um, affiliation and uh, you know when uh, when you show up and you just ask for for whatever ballot. So uh, in, included in her number, um, and those numbers are quite likely a, a good number of independents. Um, the same is probably true of Trump. I think he probably drew out a lot of of, of independents who crossed the crossed the uh, or didn't cross but showed up for a primary that they might not ordinarily have done. Um, but the 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 trouble, the, I think, the, the troubling question, right? If if you're a traditional Republican like me, or if you're Nikki Haley, is well, um, one one more point. I think it's there's maybe a little bit of a weird thing of comparing this primary to an open Republican primary, right? In some ways, this is almost closer to uh, uh, um, someone running against an incumbent president in a primary. Not exactly the same, but I think you you the the better comparison would be uh, 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 George Bush and Pat Buchanan, right? Uh, In um, uh, '92, uh, as opposed to Say John McCain and George W. Bush, right? Um, uh, so I, I think that that there is that sort of presumptiveness about Trump um, and presumptuousness about Trump. Um, <laughs> he he is sort of a, you know in in essence kind of the uh, the incumbent. And when you're looking at primary numbers, that's you know if if you look at how how did they do against an incumbent? Well, if you had someone launching a a challenge and getting forty percent. Um, Against the sitting incumbent president, that would be huge, um, or huge, uh, as they say in Queens. <laughs> but uh, I think, um, uh, you know, that so that's that, you know, you can all look at that and say, wow, that, that's really good news for Nikki Haley. The, the the dark question that I think they have to be asking themselves in the campaign and, and a lot of America would be asking themselves is if Nikki Haley can't win um, in New Hampshire, uh, in the New Hampshire primary, what primary can she win? And and I, I don't I don't know that there is one.
1: Well, I mean, I think that brings up an excellent question as you head to South Carolina, which is her home state, right, where she's right. been governor, uh, and, and obviously that doesn't look phenomenal in either polling or in endorsements uh, uh, right now. Which well, I'd say it's a lot less than phenomenal. I mean. It's... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's terrible.
0: I mean, it's, it's, it looks. I mean, it looks worse than New Hampshire.
1: Oh, definitely for the, for the for the distance out that we are at the same yeah. time as, as as we were looking for sure, and that is in context of of course the thing we haven't mentioned, which was right last you know on Sunday, DeSantis ends his his campaign and does I think what everybody assumed he was going to do, and that was throw his support behind Trump. And you know, even though he, he, he's going to take a few more shots at Trump, he's also going to take some shots at Nikki Haley, but he's he's ultimately going to support Nikki Haley. I mean, he says, look, it's clear to me that a, a majority of Republican primary voters want Donald Trump an, another chance. And while I've had disagreements with Donald Trump, Trump is superior, right? I mean, I, you know, and, and, and so that's what we, what we go out on. So uh, it, it's tough. So. I mean, do you hold any hope for for Haley in South Carolina? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I feel <laughs> you. Not <None, none> whatsoever.
0: <laughs> I, and look, I, I mean, I'm I, again, I'm I'm looking at this as the you know cold hard um, analyst type uh, person. I mean, if. Uh, if it was a rooting interest, uh, I would say absolutely. She, you know, yeah, go go, Nikki Haley. I think it would be fantastic to have Republicans um, have the first uh, woman president. Right? Um, uh, that would be a huge blow to the, the uh, Democrats. Um, but it, it, that person is not going to be Nikki Haley, or at least it's not going to be Nikki Haley in twenty twenty
1: four. Yeah, no, it, it's it's going to be Kamala Harris. Eh. <laughs> well, that's, I don't know about that. I don't
0: know about, about that. But um, uh, I I I think that's those those are just the way the numbers are adding up. Um, and I could I could wish and hope uh, otherwise, but uh, that's
1: again we are where we are. Well, let's, um, let's let's throw another let's throw another wrinkle on this, Jay. So, I mean, yesterday, so that's, that's Friday. Uh, Donald Trump is found to have violated again uh, the court, and once again been found to have defamed, uh, e.g., Carroll. Uh, and yep. this time, the the jury came back with a absolutely sizable uh uh penalty uh topping almost getting to you know 90 million dollars as a result of what he said he was holding in cash as a way to try to get him uh to stop talking about her uh, and defaming her uh and so you know again does that potentially change I don't mean just that particular item but I think one thing that a lot of analysts and I think more so in in the popular opinion is to say well if you get enough of these cases, if you get enough of these hits, then maybe Nikki Haley can do something. In other words, like we said, it's a long time until that primary, you know, what, what if he continues to violate this order again? Uh, you know, he's already you know, he's already on the hook now, uh, like I said, for around 90 million between the two judgments. Uh, and, and I can imagine him going out on the trail and saying something else. Uh, does th- Does this offer an opportunity, since there's a long period of time? given that we're kind of seeing some of these court cases bite him. I again, I don't I don't think so.
0: Um I think the the uh if anything every loss he has in court um uh makes him more more popular. Uh, I think there's there's a there's one there's one core, you know, core contingent that um as he famously said, I mean if you could shoot somebody in the middle of 5th Avenue, um that will vote for him no matter what at this point. Um, and there are, there are others who I, I think just look at, listen, we know who Donald Trump is. We've, we've, you know, he's been in the public eye, public life for, you know, some 40 years now. Um, uh, they, you know, they, we knew who we, we got when we voted in 2016. We saw what we got in 2016. Um, but you know, we still prefer that to Biden. Um, I think that's, I think that's where it is. I I don't think, I don't think there is a, 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 you know, proverbial straw that's going to break this camel's back that it's like, oh, yeah, but the Eugene Carroll thing or, oh, yeah, but the the documents or oh one more. You know, what I mean, one more thing. It's just at this point, it's almost as if I think there was a similar phenomenon um, with Bill Clinton back in the 90s when all the. Um, uh, as, as, as was James Carville's word in the day, uh, bimbo eruptions um, kept coming. Right. Um, to to some extent. They almost had a. There was so many of them. There was like a numbing effect almost, right? Um, you're like, yeah, yeah. There he goes again. That's another one. Um, it's 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 almost like you get sort of used to it. And the same thing with you know, say like Whitewater. Uh, uh, again, oh geez, it's another Clinton scandal, and it's it's really complicated. And I don't know. Look, the guy's shady as hell, but the economy's doing pretty well. So I think that's that's the
1: what what I think a lot of people take away. So I don't I don't see a. Um, yeah, you know, and I get that on one level because the way you set that up is the foil of Biden, right? Yeah. And and I think that's something we talk about. Yeah, you're never you're not voting for your favorite candidate. You're only right. voting for the lesser of two evils. But here we are in the primary, and I guess you know part of me is a little bit surprised that Republicans, fellow Republicans. I mean, I get you're saying, okay, look. I disagreed with him. I mean, I'll be honest, right? This is something I was open on the show about. I voted against Donald Trump. I voted for Biden in the last election. Uh, But, you know, here's our opportunity to vote against Trump, but not to vote against Republicanism. So that foil, it only works until you get to the general election. So I still think you're probably right in suggesting that the, the cases don't hurt him. But I'm not sure if the logic still works the same way when you're talking about either DeSantis now, now, you know, now out or, uh, Haley? I, I, I think there is, um, a sense among a lot
0: of Republicans For one, there, there is sort of a, um, one, he is in essence, the incumbent. And I think there is something to that. Um, secondly, I, I think there, there's the idea that, um, and Mike, Mike and I have talked about this way back in in 2016. Um, the sense that the other side uh, is is so bad, right? They're so concerned about Joe Biden, as, as they as as Republicans were so concerned about Hillary Clinton. That um, if if you have to sort of make a deal with the devil, um, maybe you do because maybe the devil is what you need here, right? There is there is always this this sense. This is the the most common criticism criticism. If you go out and talk to Republicans, uh, if you're on the campaign stump, if you're, it's is that uh, why won't why won't you fight? Why won't these these uh, people we send there fight for us? Uh, why would they give in on on our issues? Because because that's what they see right um you know spending keeps going up and there's there's never despite all the the republican discussions about oh we're going to cut spending we're going to reform the federal government we're going to pare back uh federal agencies and interference and so forth it it never happens right um even sort of the um the the, the heyday though <laughs> you looking back like uh the the bob Dole campaign right um uh, discussing about you know they would they would um reduce the growth rate of, of certain um, entitlement programs. And again, Democrats in the media, you know, had the the uh, commercial of him, you know, pushing uh, old ladies off the cliff. Um, the government spending never retreats. The size of government doesn't retreat. Um, the border doesn't get better. And and Republicans see this and say, look, we keep electing these people, but nothing happens. Um, we want somebody who is going to go in there and and, you know, as a friend of mine once said, um, "We hired Trump to break stuff." <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's terrible. It was, yeah, yeah that's uh, it was, the way, but the the, 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 the it is it said. Look, this is this is not working. Um, uh, we actually, yeah, hired somebody to.
1: You mean, I mean, I think you're probably right about that. And I think that's part of the reason why, in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean, it's true. I mean, that that's why I got kicked out of of Republican things in Florida, and I get that. Um, but, you know, and, but again, my fundamental problem with that is, is that it only makes sense if it's your only option, or you see it as being the only path to victory. And, and again, the, the, the data is pretty clear. You elect Nikki Haley and we almost guaranteed to, to bump Biden off. And (laughs) so I mean, yes I, I, no. I, hate, so I mean, I. I'm the polling wondering. seems that way. I mean, listen, she is, at this juncture is up more against an incumbent than any other person polling the way she does in her own party right now. I mean, I mean, I, I yeah. mean, it's almost too easy <laughs> right. when I, you look I, at the appearance. I,
0: I, I very much understand that. I, mean, I think that if I'm Nikki Haley, I I make that my my great selling point of my campaign is, look, this shows me beating Biden by a mile. Um, that you know, no problem. No, yeah. no, no close, nothing close. Um, you know, the other side can cheat. You want to have you know people drop, uh, carry the ballots, uh, uh, pick them up, and uh, do drop boxes, and, and vote at three in the morning in the, some abandoned gas station or whatever. Um, the numbers are such that that uh, she would still beat Biden handily. Um, I guess my I have, I have two thoughts on that. One is, and I, I'm going to ask you as, as a political scientist. Um, I don't know if those numbers necessarily hold up, right? That's always the the hypothetical type uh, number. There's always the like, okay, would you like uh, this candidate, that candidate, or would you like another option, right? Uh, and, you know, option C always always pulls, you know, through the roof. Well, we want something different. We want something new. Um, when in reality, that's not really what they want. Um, you know, when it the, when the, the comes down to, to voting, that's not how people vote. Um, so I, I guess, I guess that's my, that's my concern. And and if I were a, a Trump voter, um, I would make that case of one, look, if you're not, uh, if you're not, uh, voting for Trump and Nikki Haley will, will end up, she's not tough enough. She's going to end up getting rolled just like all these other Republicans have. And you'll just kind of have Biden light. Um, uh, she won't break stuff, right? She won't, uh, upset the, the system. Um, uh, that it that exists, and um, yeah, there's there's a there's a again, this is going back to stuff that that Republican lore almost, right? Um, I don't know, maybe Democrats do the, do the same too. But um, a saying that you know we would hear out on the campaign trail doing stuff about the, you know, why do why do it, Why is it that when when our guys uh, get elected or get to Washington, they they stop being our guys, right? Um, and that's that's a theme that that I think runs you know pretty deep through a lot of Republican uh, politics, is that, you know, we elect these people who are going in there and we're going to slash government, we're going to um uh, do all this, and and then they don't, um, they get co opted, or I think the reality is right, they it's just governing is actually harder than than uh, campaigning.
1: Well, I'm glad you said um, that, right? And, and that I, that mean as as a political scientist the answer is a our system isn't designed so that one party can control the entirety of the system, right? The minority party has all kinds of levers and brakes on the system. And two, of course, in neither of uh, in none of contemporary history has there been uh, circumstances in which uh, one, uh, you know, say the Republicans in this case could have without, you know, even had a majority on any one of these particular items. And I think that's part of the problem is I think there is this thought if we break the system somehow, if we break the system somehow, and this is what I see, this is what worries me about a segment uh, of Trumpers, if we break the system somehow, as you put it, then we're going to get to rebuild it our way where there won't be any compromise. Uh, and, and, and at that point, what you're really talking about, I mean, you you are describing effectively the fears of the other side, which is dictatorship.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know if I go so far as dictatorship. I, I think the the concern that that if I'm a Trump voter, here's here, what I see is. So back in um, uh, 20, 2012, um, whatever it was, uh, I you know, there was this Republican wave. Uh, Of people, were going to bring in. um, Was it 2012? No. uh, Are you thinking six? I'm I'm probably thinking the six. I was thinking. Um, I thought. I figured meant 2016. Repeal Obamacare, right? Yeah. Was that was the mantra? That was what uh, so many Republicans campaigned on. Um, And uh, you know, this is we're promised. This is day one. This is our top priority. And you can you can debate the wisdom of it one way or the other, but
1: it was a stupid they, promise. I mean that that was the yeah. I mean that was the underlying and problem. They, yeah. Then they didn't do it, couldn't do
0: it, and everybody's like, well, you know, what was this all about? Um, you know, a li- there's a little bit uh, of of sort of in like the Tea Party movement too. Not that I don't want to fault those guys because I I do think they tried, but um, you know we're gonna we're gonna roll back spending. We're gonna slash this. We're gonna slash the deficit. We're gonna. And, and, you know, so people go there and then uh, it comes time for the vote. And, you you know, you don't have that. You just don't have enough numbers because you have uh, enough uh, Republicans who who decide they're not going to do that. Now, they may have good reasons uh, that they say, no, I think this really is a priority. And here really is the spending. And, you know, or maybe you actually you, you get to Washington and you see what the numbers actually look like. And you realize, oh, OK, well, we still have to do that. And there's there's political. Uh, pressures and and people being co-opted and um but let's be honest. Uh, I mean, maybe, the, maybe the reason
1: maybe co-op is a bad, is a bad but, word, but that fails in part because part of that groundswell shift as you move from the Tea Party to Trump is is the idea that you I mean Trump is explicit. We can't touch entitlement items. Yeah, you, know, you can't and, change and that. that. Like, I, I, and you I can't mean touch mean military I mean, stuff. I mean, and it's so, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I agree with you. But, but that's lot that, that, in that that fiscal conservatism. He, yeah. Role. So we get to this point. I mean, so, again, if that's what you want. That doesn't make sense,
0: but well I' would a, say I would say substitute substitute the border for the fiscal control stuff
1: right? yeah well that that could be that could yeah, be
0: yeah um that it's it's not a matter of uh, uh you know I was just again using those as examples
1: I was um, just thinking back to you know George w bush the last the last Republican president to really take i think an honest stab at rethinking about social security, for example,
0: yeah, and that yeah that blew up miserably, yeah.
1: Well, I think we should probably pause that for a second, because I think one of the things we should say, so if uh, uh, listeners, if you uh, keep in mind for our bonus show this week, uh, one of the things that Jay and I are going to do is we're going to get deeper into the Republican weeds a little bit and offer some prognostications for what we see is happening, how we kind of fit in it, a little bit different of a take. So uh, again, if you kind of like that conversation, we'd love for you to join us as we get to there. But I want to start to pivot a little bit, Jay, uh, and move to, to texas right just to, to my southern uh, state to the south um you know because some people think of us as the good texas here in oklahoma i don't know <laughs> but, no, 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 no. okay well no i mean basically texas see us as, as being evil uh have you if right. you like if, if anybody ever wants to see and this is true watch a little bit of the old king of the hill and how they talk about oklahoma <laughs> if you want to know what texans really think about oklahoma um uh, so, but let's let's get into this. So we had kind of a, I'm not often surprised, uh, but I was a little bit surprised over what happened this past Wednesday. So let me set up what happens. Uh, we have had a conflict between Governor Abbott uh, and President Biden uh, for some time now. Um, and, and here's what happened. At the beginning of the year, the U.S. Justice Department filed a motion with the Supreme Court to allow officials to remove razor wire, or at least cut it, to help migrants who might otherwise be killed. It also made hard, as the Solicitor General argued, to have the border control agents with the power and duty to control the border if they're not the ones in control of these border materials, i.e., again, those razor wires. And the primary location in question is Eagle Pass, Texas. And it has faced a record of migrants crossing the border, and it has led to many deaths of those trying to cross the border uh, most recently as they encountered both waters and uh, uh, a razor wire. And the argument from Abbott is, is that the border has not had a, de- a deterrent effect and that is, is if we don't lock it down, if we don't make people, I mean, he's not quite saying this, but I think this is what he's implying. I, th- I don't, I think he would say it if he could. Look, if people aren't dying to get into the country, then they won't stop trying to get into the country, right? So the border increasings are going to uh, increase unless we make it so deadly that they can't. Now, this week, the Supreme Court then, uh, in an unsigned order, lifted a federal appellate court ruling forbidding agents from moving or changing those structures. Four justices descended from that order. Not a big surprise who they were. Thomas Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh. The, the, the uh, District, excuse me, Court of Appeals had found that the agents were not carrying out their duties by cutting those fence. Although there is no content to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court clearly at least disagreed. This is what led to the biggest news of this week, which is Abbott issuing something, I would call it a bit like a nullification doctrine redone, an order arguing that President Biden had broken the compact of the federal government and states. Uh, He actually released this statement generally and on X, and it says, quote, President Biden has refused to enforce those laws and has even violated them, end quote. He then argued that, quote, James Madison, Alexander Hamilton, and the other visionaries who wrote the U.S. Constitution foresaw that the states should not be left to the mercy of a lawless president. Now, although I think he might need to reread Hamilton and, by the way, some Madison too, he then goes on to cite Article 4 and Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution, arguing that there is an imminent invasion and therefore Texas can operate without regard to federal law Or it seems in this case, although he didn't explicitly say it in the order, the Supreme Court. So, what really is all of this? What is this? What are these sections? Well, Article Four, Section Four of the U.S. Constitution states, "Quote: The United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government, and shall protect them uh, each against uh, each of them against invasion." End quote. Uh, And Abbott is arguing that this requirement has been violated. And then, if we turn to Article One, Section Ten which is a limitation of state power in general, it says at the end of that section, quote, no state shall, without the consent of Congress law, any duty of tonnage, keep troops or ships of war in times of peace, enter into any agreement or compact with another state or with a foreign power, or engage in war, and here's the phrase, unless actually invaded or in such imminent danger as will not admit delay, end quote. And this is it was kind of interesting because, this, you know, this is Ken and I have been we have went through the Constitution last year. So, if, you know, uh, for those of you who are interested in this, if you become a, a supporter, you can kind of listen to our, our takes on this long before this was going on. But anyway, back to the order. Uh, it also cites Arizona v. United States. But pause, not what you're thinking, not the majority opinion. Instead, it cites a dissenting opinion on the issue. Which argued that state law could supersede federal law on immigration that had been written by Scalia. Now, uh, you know, uh, 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 Jay, this is this is there's a lot of things going on here. You know, the first thing that comes to mind, a, is Madison actually wrote about this very issue, (laughs) and he argued explicitly, and this is in terms of uh, of the Alien Acts that gets passed during the. Uh, The administration. Yeah. He basically says, look, unless you have armed troops coming across a border, I'm paraphrasing here. It's not an invasion. And Hamilton, let's go a little bit further. He, he had even left. He took an even more stringent view on this, uh, on this case. And again, I'm not a lawyer. I'll let you turn you over to you. But you're not, you don't generally cite. I love Scalia, but you don't generally cite the minority opinion when you're issuing law. (laughs) So well, no, I, I was a little, yes, I was yes, a little no. taken about. Uh, um, so wh- so what's your take on this? Because I'll be honest again, I don't get shocked often. I'm not shocked often by Abbott, but, but this just seemed so, I mean, over the top wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what do you
0: think? No. So I look as a, uh, if I'm reading the um, constitution as an originalist, <laughs> Um, first as a textualist uh, uh and then um secondly with an originalist sort of gloss right um i i read that to mean because the, the the phrasing says shall not make war right uh except uh if invaded to me that does imply invasion by an army an armed
1: force and by another um, political unit
0: yeah well i mean i i think oh i think you could make the the argument that, you know, you could have whatever, say, let's say it's, it's, you know, drug cartels or armed drug cartels, or, you know, it was, you know, Santa Ana's Raiders, or, or something, you know, some other, you know, I, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't go so far to say it has to be a, a recognized, you know, another state. Um, but I think it 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 uh, implies that um, it is, it is an armed invasion. Um, and an invasion also tends to mean the, I think, if you take it in its originalist context, um, the the idea not just of an incursion, um, but of a a uh, moving into territory uh, with plans to keep it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so no, I I would not. Uh, I don't. I don't think um, Governor Abbott declaring this is an invasion. Where again, I think I think um, metaphorically, right? Uh, politically, rhetorically, um, I think he's entirely correct. Uh, when you have this many people coming, coming uninvited, um, well, okay. I know this doesn't. It's ma- not an invasion, invasion in terms of uh, uh, an invading army, which might trigger.
1: But I want to push back uh, a little bit because exactly. I, I know that I, I, I know that I'm on the, I am not on the, the majority position here with the Republican Party whatsoever. And heck, I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm probably too far to the left, even compared to to Mike, because you know, the three of us have done shows on this before but i really have gotten tired of that rhetoric because in part i mean put aside the particularistics of the policy i mean what we're talking about is individuals fleeing and whether we think they ought to be fleeing ought to be ending up here or not i don't think there is anything either useful or accurate or des- or descriptive about calling the invasion because that sets up, I think, this kind of, it normalizes language of viewing these people in a light that that, is, that, that even if you disagree with the policy is deeply kind of offensive at best. So I, I, best. I, would,
0: I push back and I, I disagree. I know Mike feels strongly about this. Um, but if you have at this point, 10,000 people a day uh, coming uh, uninvited, uh, coming illegally, and Mike and I had a, a back and forth about this. and. Uh, you know his his position. Well, they're not illegal if they're coming here seeking um, asylum. Uh, I would say no. That I you're you're still entering the country illegally. You just maybe you might have an affirmative defense uh, to that uh, if your asylum is awarded, which in almost all cases it's not. Um, <clears throat> I would say are are all these people fleeing? No, I'm not sure that's the case either. Um, there are a lot of people who are just trafficking fentanyl. Um, uh, and even even if
1: they are, now, but Jay, but look, I, yeah, I, I, again, we're talking t- like you're right. There's lots of people pushing the border, and I, I have not done the uh, the recent math on this, but to suggest of the 2,000 some people coming across the border, that the, even I I would I would put money on the fact that less than 2.5 percent of them have any interaction with fentanyl whatsoever.
0: Okay. Fair, fair enough, um, but I think you, you can agree, and you could look at the, the numbers at this. Almost all the fentanyl in this country comes through the Mexican border. I mean, that's, I can, I can, that's, that's pretty well documented. Um, and if you say, okay, it's only 2.5%, um, uh, uh, so okay, if, if 10,000 people are crossing every day, um well, so you got two hundred people a day carrying fentanyl across the border, a day. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I'm not. And I'm, I'm, I'm not holding you to your two percent. But no, I mean, I, I think that's fair. Certain, you know, but very, that's, there are that's very, very very good reasons why countries have borders. Um, one is to see who's. I mean, we have we have people who are crossing who are we we find them, catch them uh, are on the uh, uh, terrorist uh, watch list. Uh, there are people who have committed numerous heinous crimes uh,
1: once they get here.
0: Um, and, and at a lower rate is,
1: than than just the general population, of course.
0: Right. But under, understand. <laughs> no, no, no. But the, those aren't those are additional crimes. It's not it's not a, it's not a question of well, but you, oh, it, committing it, it, the crimes that Americans won't commit or something. No, like no, that. no. What I'm <laughs> saying, though, is, is
1: but, be, but, but by that same logic, I guess what I'm suggesting is, is if you're saying, look, we need to crack down on them because they're somehow particularistically dangerous. No, no, no. I'm but not they're saying, not. I'm, All right, that's what I'm, I'm saying.
0: I'm saying if you have. Um, I'm saying if 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 there are people who are dangerous at all uh, and shouldn't be here in the first place, we got enough dangerous people here already, right? Do you follow me? Again, if well, if you if you, let let's say one percent um, of of the uh, people well, coming
1: across the border are are dangerous. Well, let me families. ask you a question. Then let me ask you a question. This is this is an interesting one, right? Because so, w- what? What then would be, so let's put aside uh, uh, the particulars the policies and just say, if the result needs to be that 0% of the people who immigrate in any, in any way, right, if 0% yeah. of the people immigrate could even potentially have ever commit a crime, I mean, wouldn't the only number that would make sense for immigration be zero?
0: No, no, no. I'm not saying potentially commit a crime. I'm saying people we know who have committed crimes, right? Right, well, I'm if, well, it's, a but I'm saying is, but but on record, I mean, but, why 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 would you import criminals?
1: <laughs> so, okay, continue, continue, your, your, continue. Your your, posi-
0: your position is that well, because anyone could potentially commit a crime, um, then the only response is immigration is zero. Well, what I'm su-
1: um, no, what I'm suggesting is is that enforcement mechanisms. Try so. You're, there's two. One of the arguments you're making is is that we ought to be particularly concerned about the population crossing because of crime. And what I what I was trying to get at was to ask then what is the amount of risk at which point we should take lots of money and potentially lots of uh you know razor wire whatever you want to do to prevent that number right so where what what would be an appropriate because that's the only way you can kind of then make that uh, uh, um, that policy then right so if the answer is look right. the fentanyl needs to be at a percent you know we got to make sure we we're, we're cracking that down the 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 uh, the violent crime has to be at a certain percent what is that though right I mean it has to be something so I' right. I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting if someone
0: comes to the border they say hi uh, one they they stop when they get there right and say I'd, I'd like to uh, come into this country and we would say okay what's what are you coming for uh, and they say well I'm I'm fleeing uh, uh, tyranny or, or whatever you, you would go through a process and say okay what's your name where are you from uh, you do a background check if here's here's the thing if, if If I if I cross the border to Canada, they stop me. They check my license. They you know check uh, uh, my my credentials. They make sure I'm not I don't look suspicious. Uh, They look you know do am I carrying anything in my car? Am I am I bringing anything back? Do I have any of these things? Uh, That you know X Y Z. They go through the list. What's your purpose? How long you stay in? When you leaving? Where you going? Um, That's all pretty pretty reasonable. Um, in this case, if you have someone who just wades across the river, you can, one, assume they're not going to go through them. They don't want to go through the normal processes
1: for some reason or another. Um, okay, but I see. Uh, I, I grant that. What I'm suggest what I was asking, though, was is is that in the context of this, we're suggesting, okay, what's the likelihood that I ought to put up things that might kill individuals who are doing that? and for the particular benefit of keeping down what so what what what, what we want to get at here i mean i hear what you're saying but right in the context of what abbott is is doing we are putting up deadly things and what we're suggesting is 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 that the level again people i i don't disagree that you have people violating the law what i'm suggesting though is 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 how violent do we want to be in the upholding of that law, Uh, and what is the net benefit to both the cost of upholding it at the rate that we're doing, and cost in terms of not just money and manpower, but we're talking in cost of individuals' lives, right? So for example, you know, if somebody is stealing some gum, right, that's wrong, and I don't want that to happen. But I don't want—I I don't want the likelihood of the guy who steals gum to be that he gets killed as a result of right. enforcing yeah, the law.
0: Yeah, you're making the argument. There's a uh, a case that everybody studies in law school, and I forget the name of it now. But it has to do with there's a guy who's got this shed, and he's got—I forget what he's got in the shed. Some kind of collectible cans, or it's not something something dumb, right? But it's very important to him. So like he's—he's he's got this shed, and he he booby traps the shed with a shotgun. So that if anybody tries to to steal his his uh, cans, uh, they get they get blown away. Uh, <laughs> wow. And they do. And, and the courts say, "Well, come on, um, that's not sporting." Um, you know, clearly the the interest in life uh, uh, exceeds um, any interest you have in protecting your property. You've got a right to protect your property, but but uh, you can't uh, protect it to the point of um, uh, this. Uh, so I think I think that's the, the the argument I hear. And I think I, I think that's not a I think that's a good one. Um, I think the response to that is uh, state and national borders are different. Um, would be one response. I'm not saying, I'm not saying I, I agree with that response, um, but I'm I'm saying there are there are many places in the world where if you just go running across their border uh, without identifying yourself, they they may shoot you. Right, <laughs> um, and I'm not suggesting that's the way we ought to be. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm saying I, I think if you're looking at, at you know what right does a, does a state have a right to uh, keep people
1: out uh, by violence, uh, I think they do. Now, when you say the state here, I think this is one where, you know, the colloquial conversation. Well, the, the state. I do mean, you, the, you mean the, the United States? States. OK, OK, OK. yeah Because um, we know we're talking about Texas, too. OK, OK. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I should have clarified when I said that I meant that by a, a sovereign nation state. Uh, I think has an inherent right to protect its own borders uh, with violence if necessary. Um, does that mean they always ought to? No. Um, uh, but but I'm I'm saying I, I I think most people would say that 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 principle adheres right. Um, so uh, so the next question is is this is the razor wire going too far? Um, to serve the ends of what—preventing what, crime, preventing drug trafficking, trafficking, preventing just the, the general um, uh, uh, societal problems that you're getting with with this massive influx. Uh, again, I think there's there's a good argument to be made there that it is overbroad. The other side would be, look, if you put up a sign saying uh, "danger, do not cross, razor wire, uh, you may die," I think that, <laughs> you know, that that would seem to be not unreasonable. Um, there are, there are plenty of places, private property, right. Um, that would have such signs, Um, uh, and, you know, so I, I, I think if that's the idea is to warn people away, say, listen, we're not kidding here. Um, I, I, I understand that, that as well. Now, I, I'm, I'm not sure. And I'm not sure what, what's the best way if you have a, a water barrier, right? What's the best way to uh, to protect that, um, but but it, it and it gets to be just a weird sort of uh, it, it. If if the federal government had a replacement policy, right, that okay, we're going to take out the the razor wire, but we're going to do this instead that will still serve that that interest, uh, but will be less likely to injure someone uh, or kill someone. Um, that'd be one thing. Um, but instead, the federal government's position has been. We're not going to do anything.
1: Well, so let's let's get back to then the central question here, which is right. The the fundamental disagreement between Biden and Abbott. Abbott is saying, look, Biden, I disagree with what you've done. Right. So it's not that Biden hasn't done anything. I mean, as a matter of fact, he's getting he's getting a bit he's been getting criticized on the the left for his right. policies.
0: What what, uh, what has he done this to, to stem? um uh, illegal border crossings. I mean, he he got rid of rain in Mexico on day one.
1: He's well, in, parole, well, in, uh, to in p- well, in part for number one, of course, because that was a violation of our international obligations. So I mean, we that was just putting us back in line with law. Now, I mean, well, you what, could make the argument do you have, that he do you should have an
0: international should... obligation
1: to accept people across a border that that we don't. <laughs> <laughs> our, treaty, our, our treaty obligations are such, yes, that if you have a reason to be, uh, the fact that you have uh, 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 asylum seekers who are fleeing, you actually cannot force them to wait. They are supposed to do that in the country of origin. Yeah, I mean that's that is that's my point. In the
0: country of origin
1: or another another country, they're supposed no, to... no the country in out. which you are looking for your asylum, you don't have to wait. To make the asylum I mean, to that. I mean that is the underlying argument of. Uh, of international human rights is that you don't have to remain in danger as you're making that claim. But uh, one of the things that I think does point to that, of course, is we've had more stops at the border. That's one of the ones that's always weird. I mean, maybe you can enlighten me on this one, right? So we have had more stops on the border, and as a percentage more individuals caught by agents than any other point. How is that not at least attempting to enforce the border?
0: Because because they're caught and then they're released, um, that's that's why. I mean, it, it's one thing if you were, say, caught and turned back, uh, caught and deported, caught and taken, uh, or or caught and said, "Listen, you can't come into the this country until you've uh, uh, received asylum," uh, or unless you can show a compelling case that you actually should should receive asylum. And the problem is, you know, and, and you you would be right in arguing this once you're on American soil. Um, then then you do have then you you you've got that that asylum right so the the only under our our system as it's set up now the only way uh uh, to to do this is to prevent someone um from crossing otherwise anyone can come um request asylum and they're here for several years um maybe they show up for the hearing maybe they don't uh and then then you you get to the big question of where we're going to be in a couple years let's say um uh, the Biden administration spends tons and tons and tons of money, uh, hires all sorts of administrative law judges. Um, uh, we set up uh, immigration courts uh, on every corner. Um, we get all these hearings done, and asylum is denied, as it typically is, for about ninety percent.
1: What do you do? Right? Do you, oh, do you... I, I thought that was hypothetical. I thought you were going to answer well, no, that question. I mean, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it's,
0: it's right? <laughs> Um, but but what what
1: that? Well, I mean, again, if your if, 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 if would our you're, country would our country
0: be in the position to deport nine thousand people a day? Well, I assuming mean, they're coming in 10,000 uh, 10, a day. I, assuming I, I, assuming ten I, percent get asylum.
1: I, I, I mean, I mean, my response obviously is not going to be the typical response. So I'm I'm not good here. My answer is is I wouldn't want to do any of that. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I, I see I see I would see all of that as, as being an absolute waste of time um, as, a, as a matter of fact uh, you know one of the things I've pointed at to before and I would look at it again one of the things that Americans just absolutely saw as being overriding oppression uh, uh, in the uh, uh, in the early 19th century was this idea that you're going to produce papers as you came to the border and you're going to do this kind of stuff because, you know, free people get to move between free states. Uh, and that was an argument well, between Fran- ain't France ain't and dope. the United States, France, the United States. What was a huge argument was you're going to France is going to make us you know, like report, you know, what Americans are doing as they're coming into France. We were outraged about that. We've lost that. I mean, and today we have much harder borders, but that we comes as a result of World War I, World War Two, And I get that. Uh, and, and we see these threats as being more imminent and that they can hurt things. But I disagree with that position. And, and I, I, I think that, again, this is not a popular position. And I absolutely get that. And it's not one that's going to win me the elections. And I get that. But I, I will stand on people's moral right to be able to move. <laughs> I, the idea that nation state should have a lockdown on me because I've been born in a particular location uh, has no, I, I, has no standing. Uh, and so, but we we want to have these very deeply difficult systems in which we to, for for people to move. Uh, and uh, so, anyway, I, I'll pause there on my soapbox for a minute. Yeah,
0: but, but, but Trudy, to, let me. I think I think I. It, it's one thing to say, and I would I would agree with you there. A a state has a does not have a monopoly on keeping its people from moving somewhere. Right? It's not it's not East Germany, not North Korea, not the old Soviet Union. We're saying you can't emigrate. Um, I think the position is you can emigrate if someone will take you, right? But well, so, that, it, that's different than saying. Um, but if, well, what I'm saying I, is, I if you're a right to free go, country, go in Italy.
1: But what then, I'm mean, saying though is, is if I you're a fr- if you're a free country, if you want to be a free country, part of what makes free, I think, is to say you can come here, <laughs> right? We're yeah, not going to restrict would, those things say,
0: under under certain rules and regulations, because if you say. Anyone can come here anytime, anywhere. Then I, I think maybe you got the free, but you lose
1: the country. I mean, you, you're not a you're not a nation state if you don't have a border. I, I see. That's this is where I disagree. I, I think that that is part of what makes the United States possibly and early one of the, the great countries of the world. And I think that's one of the reasons there was so much early heartburning const uh, uh, consternation over the Alien Acts. Uh, uh, you know, in our second uh, uh, presidential administration, but again, I recognize that that is not a position that's going to win me any 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 goes because we we do want to draw these lines. But now I want to bring us back because we've we've gone on deeply into the philosophy of it. What do you think about the Abbott order specifically? Uh, You know, I mean, he is suggesting, look, I am not going to uh, uh, listen to the Supreme Court and I am declaring that the federal government does not apply in this position. And it could be coming to an ahead because right now we have both sides calling for either perhaps the federalization of the Texas National Guard if Abbott uses them to defy the Supreme Court. And on the other side, we have Representative Chip Roy arguing that Abbott ought to go ahead and ignore the Supreme Court and make sure that he remains in control of all National Guard to uphold his order. Uh, as he put it, he's like, look, if somebody's breaking into your house, you don't listen to the court. Uh, you you tell the court to go to hell and you defend yourself and then you figure it out later, end quote. So let's bring it back to that and what you think on that front. So I, I don't think it's going to come to that. Um, actually, I think I
0: think what Abbott's doing is more rhetorical than than anything else. Um but I think he's doing it to highlight what is a, a really significant problem, um, particularly for Texas. Um, so no, I, I don't think uh, that in the end um, Abbott will, um, <laughs> you know, I don't know what do you secede or or whatever you want <clears throat> to uh, call it.
1: Well, Texas is what they're calling it. Actually, there's a movement, the Texas, the Texas movement. (laughs) I get
0: it, I get it, but it's but it's not going to happen. I don't disagree. Um, Yeah, I
1: don't disagree. um,
0: You know, and I think this is the left sometimes plays these these things up. Of um, anytime we say, "Hey, uh, I don't, I don't think Biden's doing his job, and the states need to step in," it's it's a civil war. Um, So no, I I think I think Texas could be. uh, resolute in enforcing its own laws, uh, and then to the extent it's, it's allowed to enforce federal laws doing so. Um, so no, I don't, I don't think that's going to all blow up. I, I I do want to, I do want to push a a little bit though on the, the other general immigration question. Okay. Okay. And, and I've, I've mentioned this to Mike, uh, a number of times. There's a, a little, a little Thai restaurant I go to for lunch a lot of times, and I've gotten to know the owner, uh, super nice guy. And and we talk, and uh, he's always carrying on uh, uh, about how much he hates Joe Biden. Um, and the reason, one of the reasons, I mean, he he said, listen, I I uh, you know I had to go through so much to get to this country, and I did it legally. I followed the rules. I did all this stuff. I had I had the the job lined up and the the, the money, and I got the right visas, and I had to wait and wait, but I got, and here I am, and I've I've done this, and I've built this business, and I'm, I'm employing people. I'm serving delicious Thai food, and I tried to get my wife over here. It took me 10 years to get her through. Now, that's, that's ridiculous, just in terms of the system. But here's a guy who's saying, I followed the rules, um, and none of these other people have to. And I'm a bad guy for suggesting that they ought to follow the rules. And, and try, I'm a, I'm a, my grandfather was an immigrant, um, great-grandfather, uh, actually, and then sent for the rest of the family. And, and what he did was he lined up work. He had a place to go and you had to tell the government, we're going here. Here's where I'm going. I can support myself. you um, went through Ellis Island. You know, everyone knew who he was and checked out. You're not a criminal. No, no. Uh, Sent for the family. You got a place to go. Yeah. You have a means of support when you get here. Yeah, we do. Um, and that's the way it worked for for thousands and thousands of of, of immigrants um, from the, you know, the that that system probably starting in the eighteen fifties uh, on, um, and I, I think that's that's the concern. I'm 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 very much not anti-immigration. I'm very pro-immigration, um, but I'm I'm pro lawful immigration.
1: So to the, to but to your point, I mean I do feel for the for for your, for your Thai friend, and I do feel for the individual. I mean that is part of the problem. The legal system itself is absolutely terrible. Uh, and even if you don't want to go all the way you want to with me, I think what this points out is how terrible the le- the legal system is, right? The the barriers that we have put into it are right. such that it is so, I like, like, so, as you noted, like, why does it take him 10 years to get his wife here? And that also, of course, empirically explains why so many individuals wouldn't want to do it. They might not have the means or the money. It's expensive. To yeah. do our system, uh, and so again, so Let's, I feel let me, let me I feel for the tie back. guy. I'm not quite done because what I'll, I'll go one step further and I'll say, and that is it's and and as a result, this is why, and I think Democrats don't always recognize it. This is why those individuals who jumped all through those hoops tend to be on the Republican side. But what I would suggest it is it's very similar to the it's the old well, I had to do it, you ought to too. Uh, you know, well, is this really the best way to do this? Probably not. But I had to do it, so you ought to have to do it too. And, and, I, and so I, I, I understand the justification he has for saying, like, look, make that difficult. And that is why in Texas, no, no, for no, example, no. you have I, that. I, so I, I, I agree. Uh, he, would, he would not say, and I think most of them
0: would not say, uh, I want the same difficulties imposed on me
1: or imposed on
0: others that were imposed on me. Okay, well
1: I'm so, uh, yeah, I I I, I, really I am mimicking I some uh, some know. some of my former students who work uh who take that view. So maybe maybe I okay. I, I wasn't trying to put that on him, but yeah, I will no, no, say no, no. other no, Mexican uh uh immigrants Uh, have made that kind of argument. But continue. You were trying to get to something else there, I'm not
0: saying, listen, I I, I had to, you know, it took me this many years. It should take them this many years. I think they would be, be, someone would be very happy to say, we should reform the process so it doesn't take that long, so it's not that burdensome. Um, But there needs to be a process. It can't be just, um, I'm going to jump ahead
1: of of everyone else uh,
0: or ignore the process.
1: But I think that's, just let's make it an easy, 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 cheap, free process. But again, I get I get it no, that that's not popular.
0: Everything. Well, it's not popular, but it's also then you know it, it's an expense to weed out the folks uh, who are bringing the fentanyl or might be violent criminals, and I think
1: that's an expense that you know the government ought to. But take see, care I mean, on, right? I, one last thing on that. Like I hear that, but okay, let's go back to one of our biggest, most violent moments in American history, 9-11, carried out by individuals who went through the stupid process. So I guess I'm also a little bit biased by the fact that even our current hard process failed. (laughs) (laughs) And so I sit here saying, okay, so if we do a complicated process to somehow keep it all out, I don't think we're going to keep it all out anyway. And it's so I don't see what I'm netting. So I guess as I continue to go along, I just keep saying, well, look, you know, we can continue to have some kind of process that if it's anything like what we do right now has failed in epic and spectacular ways when it even when it was working theoretically. And so why do I want to spend even more time on that? Why not just make it even easier?
0: I, I, I not even sure how to respond to that. Um, do you, do you think, um, what do you think the, the response of, of, you acknowledge there are, there are many people in this world who would want to do our country harm. Uh, Of course. Who who wants to kill Americans
1: just for the sake of killing Americans. Of course. And yes. But I mean, again, the system as we have it right now has not consistently stopped that from happening. Right.
0: So, so you would. Uh, well, this is sort of the the, as the phrase goes, letting the, the perfect become the enemy of the good. Since we can't stop all the terrorists, we shouldn't. You know, we shouldn't do anything. I mean, no. I think it's
1: that's, like that's, look. It's it's, it's kind of like saying, hey, look. Uh, you know, putting putting. Let's imagine I've got this. You know, we've had carjackings going on. And I have to now, in order to get my car into OC's parking lot, I have to go through 14 different steps. It takes forever. Uh, It's kind of maybe even a little bit dangerous in some ways. Uh, And I'm doing it so that, you know, I'm not going to have to suffer uh, a significant number of carjackings. But if I'm still experiencing a significant number of carjackings, now all I have is both the significant number of carjackings. And all of those additional processes on me to get my car into the parking lot. So what I'm, so, so I'm suggesting is to say is, is, is that if the, if the effective rates, if the goal of a particular policy is to just change the probabilities, in a statistically significant way. And empirically, it doesn't appear that it's changing it, right? So if the car jackings are still within a magnitude of order of the same, what am I gaining by now having the additional sets of difficult processes to get my car into the into the go. So I'm not suggesting it would have to be at zero. I'm just suggesting that empirically that we have not experienced additional uh, uh, quantifiable safety as a result of the kinds of policies as they exist right now. So if if, if the goal is to bring those down and the demonstrable evidence appears to be that it does not, I now both get the negative policy outcomes I'm supposed to be protecting from. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I get it. Yeah, it's a longer line at the airport, and uh, yeah, you got to take and I'm no safer. And all that yeah. <laughs> kind of stuff. Um, No, I, I I think that's not a bad argument. But but going to the the immigration question, let me let me maybe just put it this way, as succinctly as I can. What steps do you think should be required for someone to gain admission to the country?
1: Well, I, I would I would if want to national, I would want to admission. look at the data and see are there any things that I could ask or do that would Empirically, offer me a higher level of safety while simultaneously not countervening my ideal of people freedom, right? Right. And but I, I but I would have to actually take a look at those items and say, well, what are those? Are are there ones, and what could we actually? I, honestly, I am not would you, sure. Would, would what it re- be? Would you require foreign nationals to enter through certain places? If that netted me something. Otherwise, why would I care? Okay. Right. So again, if if it prevented something, if it helped us on some actual policy outcome in a meaningful way, then I'd be open to having a conversation about it. But it doesn't appear that it has. I'd like to know who's in my country. I I mean, again, this maybe this goes back a little bit of a difference. I, I I don't. Care Right. Like one of the things that kind of fundamentally bothers me uh, is the fact that we think that we have to know specifically every single human being like, who are you? What are you doing? Okay, I don't care. I mean, as long as you're not harming me, harming other people, what do I care?
0: Yeah. But the argument, the argument would be made that perhaps if we had been more stringent in caring about who's coming into our country and why we could have screened out, we could
1: have screened out the 9-11 terrorists. Uh, I mean, I mean uh, so in other words, if we were even more stringent than we had been in our, because they right. went legally. I mean, yeah, m- student visas. But
0: in, ke- keep in mind, there are a lot of uh, folks then who overstayed student visas. So, I mean. Right? That, we've but then, more, if we've been more uh, 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 quick to enforce that. And, and so many, uh, what well, used to be, I think it's less so now because of the, the, the people coming across the border. But that was the biggest number was were, were people overstaying student visas you I um, uh, see for the for so the individual if, if, if that had been more enforced uh could we have stopped uh 911 or maybe uh, at least and, and I think we 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 can argue that there have been a lot of terrorist uh, 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 acts that that have been prevented um because we stop people but it's and, you know and, prevention and... stuff prevention stuff to measure
1: well it... It isn't as hard to measure as it could be. We make it more difficult in part because our secure because of the way we release data in the state is opaque uh, because we, I mean, it's difficult to answer the because we, uh, you know, that goes back to a lot of policies of having secrecy as a result of those things. And that data isn't generally available to scholars. And so we can't always answer that question. So, you know, that it is true that it can be harder to measure prevention, but it's not impossible. In this particular case, it is much more difficult to answer the question because, of course, we don't release really good data, which is another problematic aspect. But, I mean, now we start to get into the question about, I think we ought to release more data, too, so that we can answer those questions without the opacity to have better policy outcomes. But that, I think, brings us to maybe – I mean, I know we're running a little bit long, Jay. But I think we need to get at least one last item yeah, from yeah, the yeah, week. Please. I'm sorry. We, I, know, I, <laughs> it's yeah, all good. Yeah, it's still a border, right? So we can still sit there. One the across border, yes. Uh, but, you know, but this week, of course, we, we appeared to have bipartisan support for an immigration uh, bill that would be paired with military, or, excuse me, financial dollars to the Ukraine and Israel. Uh, and there seemed to be some movement on that. And again, I mean, obviously, you know, th- this might be something that you're more excited about than I would have been in, in some ways. Uh, But these talks really seem to falter when this Wednesday, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell suggested that the politics had shifted. Why? Because President Trump wants to build his reelection campaign around immigration. And to kind of not step on the toes there, we don't want to make a fix and therefore stop him from running on that. Uh, And so this came out according to Punchbowl News. And then really kind of uh, 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 tellingly, McConnell and his team would not walk back or dispute those comments, which makes it likely that he probably said something in those vicinity. Uh, as a matter of fact, though, the one of the, uh, the kind of the pushing, driving forces for this bipartisan bill is my own senator here from Oklahoma. Full disclosure, uh, I, I know his campaign staff and that, you know, and they come here and, and visit O.C. Um, uh, you know, I don't work for him or do anything like that. But, you know, he he does have a relationship here with O.C. and, and likes to come out here. Um, he is one of the ones kind of pushing on that. He's argued that the deal is not dead and that they shouldn't really just focus primarily on Trump. Arguing that McDonnell was just, quote, unquote, acknowledging political realities, end quote, uh, not abandoning the deal. Yet Trump uh, quickly argued very forcefully on Truth Social that, quote, I do not think we should do a border deal at all unless we get everything needed to shut down the invasion of millions and millions of people, many from parts unknown, into our once great but soon to be great again country. End quote. So, you know, even as we're talking about this on Saturday, Jay, uh, they, they're, they're, it appears that there might be some, the, uh, some life support for this, but it's still kind of hard to see uh, how it might pass the House as we continue to see people coming out against it. What do you think about, excuse me, let me try that again. What do you think about that, uh, and, and and what do you think about trying to have these two things tied together in order to have that bipartisan deal? As a matter of fact, on Friday, Biden said, "Look, you put this into into effect, and I will I will shut us down every time we hit the cap number uh, 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 of that average, I believe, of 3,500."
0: Uh, yeah. So, so first, of all, I would say, into the, the punch bowl, news get in the scoop here, that you know, wait, you're, you're telling me Trump is going to run on the border. I mean, how did this happen? <laughs> I mean, to me, to me to say, well, geez, the politics have shifted. This is, I mean, obviously, this is what you know, in some extent, all Trump's been talking about for uh, six, seven years now. Um, so I, I don't think it's it's you you can say, oh, geez, all all of a sudden we found out that uh, President Trump's going to be running on border
1: security. Well, no, the 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 thing would be McConnell saying, look, we've got to kill this because we, you know tr- you know the the primary is over, effectively.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying that, and I I think uh, since when was was Mitch McConnell ever looking out for Donald Trump? Um, I think is the other uh, piece, Um, but, but anyway, I, I think there ought to be a deal. Um, I think there will be a deal. Uh, How good of a deal there is, we'll see. I'm not sure exactly how you you mentioned this earlier I was kind of had a late night last night and, and yeah. saw the headline as far as Biden's proposal so I I can't speak to it with a lot of specificity. Um my guess is if if he comes up with some sort of fig leaf cover um he can you know pass it and say he's stopping the border. I'm not sure how that works, right? I mean walk walk me through and again if you know because maybe we just don't know, right? Um uh, what the how well, this the, would actually well, work. the tech the text if, if of the deal is not
1: available yeah i mean the text of the deal is not available so i'm always hesitant until i can actually read yeah. some of a bill i'm not going to make any kind yeah, of yeah, predictions yeah. on that so front,
0: that's I, mean. that, that, I guess that's and that's you know again kind of where i am so i i don't know for sure if, if biden says he's going to shut down the border um i think a, a good question is well you know again why, why didn't you do this uh uh three days and thirty thousand? Uh, Migrants ago, Um, uh, so I I I don't think he's actually going to shut down the border, um, but there'll be something, right? Uh, And I think Republicans can still run and saying this deal was totally insufficient, it was a sellout, he didn't do it, you know, and 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 so forth, Uh, and Trump can certainly run that way, but you can still get something done, and I'm 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 willing to take uh, half a loaf, um, um, you know, at at a time.
1: so, well, the, well uh, the heartburn in the House right now, I think, is primarily over the assistance to Ukraine. Uh, and that's where I am I, not sure if there's going to be the ability to pallet that at the same time as they're also having some major conversations over the budget still. At the same time, that includes some items like uh, the, the the child tax credit changes. It, it, it seems unlikely that, that uh, Republicans in the House from some quarters are going to want to take this up, but maybe I'm wrong about that.
0: Well, again, I think if, if you can give Republicans the ability to declare even a partial victory on the border, they'd be willing to, to go forward with Ukraine funding. Um, that's the question, right? Is, is whatever this deal is going to give those Republicans enough cover? Uh, to say I'm doing something on the border in exchange for um, Ukraine funding. Uh, and I, I, again, like you said, we just
1: we just don't know yet. Yeah. Well, Jay, I'm going to pause this there. And, 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 you know, we did not get to everything we know, had no, intended. We did, it. Yeah, we digressed. A whole so lot. we're going to have a huge bonus show. <laughs> so listeners, uh, we're going to talk more about the Navarro sentencing. We're going to talk about a secret surveillance court. And we're going to do uh, what our kind of predictions about the Republican Party and, and our view of what's going to be coming of that as we move forward in our bonus show. So I, I hope you join us for that. Now, if you aren't already a supporter of the politics, guys, I really hope you'll consider becoming one. I mean, you're going to get these kind of cool things that Jay and I are going to do in just a minute. Uh, or as uh, Ken and I often has been doing, You know, we have been going through the Constitution, gotten into the Bill of Rights. And we would love for you to kind of come. It's a chance for us to get away from just the story. So we're going to do a few stories, uh, but we're going, to, we're going to break away from the news cycle, as we always do, to kind of give you that broader context, especially about conservatism and the, and the Republican Party. So if you want to become a supporter of the Politics Guys, it couldn't be easier. You can just head to patreon.com slash politicsguys. And you're gonna see all the different levels of support there. And there's all kinds of cool extras you get depending on the level that you're at. Uh so this can mean something like being a part of our very active Discord group. I've been uh, uh debating with them on there right now. Uh uh Jay, you've got some some deep supporters on Discord. I don't know if you know that or not. No, they, I, don't, I
0: I don't intend not to go on to not not that I it's not that I don't want to. Um, because I, I do. It's just a matter of uh, you know uh, justice, uh, justice is a jealous mistress. Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, no, I I hear that. And, and, and but I am thankful I get to be a part of that because of my, my schedule. I'm busy, but I get to be busy when I, 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 at different times and it works out that way. Uh, and so again, you'll get to see all those different tiers, gear and benefits and level support. If you head to patreon.com slash politics guys, you can support us in other ways. You can support us on Venmo where we're at politics guys. You can also support the show through PayPal. All of those links are available in the show notes. Go ahead and scroll down, or you can hit us up on the web at politicsguys.com slash support. Now, if you'd like to get that midweek show, but you're just not in a position to financially do it, I totally get that. Again. Uh, listen, I'm poor. (laughs) Uh, So if you just uh, shoot an email to mail at politicsguys.com, we can get you all set up for that. Now, whether you're a supporter or not, we really would appreciate it if you would send this episode out into the wild. So maybe head to politicsguys.com, share this episode with a friend. You know, maybe you've been having some uh, post-holiday hangover. You know, you were debating on the right and and maybe, you know, uh, immigration came up and and you thought that Jay was absolutely right. And or maybe you thought, I don't know, maybe a few of you might thought I was right. Probably not, but that's okay. Share the show uh, with your friends and see what they have to say about those kinds of things. And you can use that on any social media that you choose. If you've got a question, comment, correction, gripe, or anything else you'd like to share with us, don't forget, you can always reach out at mail at politicsguys.com. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can guess where you can, I'm sorry, X, and you can find those links all in the show notes. Old habits die hard. The executive producers of The Politics Guys are Bruce Johnson, Wilmer Marino, Andra Masker, Daniel Toe, Ryan Beasley, and Don Oglesby. We'll be back with a new episode next week. I hope you'll join us then.